Have you ever wanted to do something but struggled to take the first steps? Had an idea you've loved but have been too scared to follow through? Being faced with a blank page, open screen, empty room and just not knowing where to start? This podcast might just be for you. Hi, I'm Rafaro and you're listening to Starting is the Hardest Part. A monthly podcast where I chat to people at the beginning of their creative journeys, working towards their dreams and in the process of building lives and careers that they love. It's about starting and seeing things through, the highs and the lows. I'll be sharing my experiences, having conversations with people I admire and hopefully talking to you. So let's start. I was gonna write a cool little intro that I could like edit and add sound effects to and then I thought no. It's been ages since I last just chatted to you guys. How are you? I hope you're well. I hope that you're having a great start to the week. Today is actually the first proper day of my final year of university, which is exciting and a little bit terrifying. It's weird to think that I've been in full-time education for the past 17 years of my life and that in a couple of months, I'm gonna be graduating. But I thought that this last first day would be a great day to kickstart the autumn season of this podcast. And this week's guest knows quite a bit about spending a lot of time at university, graduating and going out into the world. I'm super excited to tell you that this month's guest is Jess Reeford. I first met Jess back in my second year of university when she was working for the Students' Union at the University of Surrey and I was organising a TEDx event. Since then, she's graduated, finished her sabbatical year and started a business. We had the best conversation, as in we recorded for an hour and a half and I had to do some serious editing to cut this episode down. But that's because Jess has had such an interesting journey over the past couple of years and is really passionate about sharing both the highs and lows of starting a business and life after graduation. I had so much fun chatting to Jess and I know that you're going to love how honest and fun our conversation was. So without further ado, here's the interview. So I'm Jess and I am actually the founder of my own little startup escapism travel brand that I've called Moana Maroki and I currently sell my signature product which is the Throby. So you graduated university back in 2017 but you were very active while you were there, you got involved in societies and clubs, could you tell us more about what you did both academically and socially? Yeah so I actually did like a lot at university so I came, I started with swimming and then I sort of made a transition into like triathlon and then I joined snow sports, learned how to snowboard which is something that I'd always wanted to do and then I went into surf club, learned to surf. And then I even tried touch rugby. Like I always I always found university like a really good place to push myself outside of my comfort zone and try new things. I never look back on university and I think, oh, like those are the five best academic years of my life. It's yeah. definitely, I definitely look back and I think like what an experience and what like what incredible things that I did with all the opportunities that university gave me like it really made me grow as a person it really pushed me outside my comfort zone gave me so much more confidence and I would like recommend that to anyone not just to go to university just for the course you've got to go for all of the other things that uni gives you as well definitely and one of the social things that you did is join the sabbatical team and how did you get involved in that what made you decide to run for office I guess yeah I first sort of like got to terms with it. I knew a girl that had run in it before and I just recognised her. She was like a really like sort of flamboyant person. I'd seen her run and she was wearing a beanie hat when she ran for one of the positions. And I was just like, I love her. I'm going to vote for her just because she's wearing a beanie hat. I don't know what, what this is. But for she, it, yeah. yeah, she looks really cool and I really like her hat. So I voted for her. And next thing you know, she ends up being president 
and um, the February after I start receiving all of these sort of recommendations into my um, inbox and I'm just like what like what is this like oh this like anonymously someone has recommended you to be vice president support sorry students union and I was like what is vice president support and why are people recommending me to do it and I think like the recommendations came from or stemmed from really me being very open on social media you always have that sort of part of you that is scared of judgment or scared of what other people think but I really like when other people are open on social media so I'd been open on social media and I think that's where sort of the recommendations started coming in because my followers went to the university and were like oh she'd be good at this support position cool great but what is that support position? I don't understand. Um, so I went down and I spoke to the president about all these recommendations that were coming through to me. And I found out more about it. And I was like, actually, like that sounds awesome. Dedicating a whole year of my life, a paid job to like literally look after students at university, be in the behind the scenes, sit on university panels, everything to do with well-being, like run campaigns and just give back to a university that has so far in my fourth year given me so so much and I'd actually struggled with a sort of side note here struggled with an eating disorder while I was at university and that's something that I was very open on social media about something that I also think sort of came stemmed from people wanting to um, like encourage me to run for this position and I just thought yeah what a great way to like be able to take my passion which is helping people and then like do it as a job for a year and stay at a university I love so I just went for it and then yeah I won didn't I so that yeah. was cool so what was that experience like being in the support zone for that whole year and like being fully invested in all the different campaigns the union was doing oh it was it was like I say it's one of the best years I've ever had because it just gave you it really opens your eyes to like all of the issues that student face and I think to be honest, I was quite naive. Like I didn't actually know all of these issues. Like I, I'm a white middle class, quite privileged like girl. I'm not the only sort of my only category there is that I'm a woman um, to like have faced discrimination, and I didn't realise all of the things that other people say, um, other like sort of demographics face, like LGBTQIA plus, like racism. All of that was something that I was quite oblivious to and naive to. And I think it was so good for me to get more involved and be able to help students if they wanted to run a campaign and if they wanted to do something that we could do it and we could make it happen. And if they uh, like when I had my support zone, if they came to me with an issue, I could take that to like high university stuff and be like, this is an issue and something would get done about it. And also it was really fun. So what was like some of your highlights of that time? I think one of them was definitely being able to do Let's Talk Body Image because mm -hmm. body image was something that I really, really su suffered with. And I was really happy that I got to sort of actually put a video out there about something that I was truly passionate about and something that I had really, really struggled with. In sort of relation to that one I did, I think the best like event that I did was the one in collaboration with TEDx. That oh, was, so yeah, <laughs> that was amazing though. Like literally, incredible to have um I did a let's talk mental health and we had loads of different speakers they were just all amazing and I actually stumbled and I didn't like I hadn't got my notes and I had to run off stage and but get you my made notes so good like I remember being in the audience and thinking like Jess has just fumbled over her words but that somehow made me even more endeared to her talk and I want to hear it more and it was just so good oh gosh yeah that was like I was like ah I really ruined it but um actually I really didn't hold back and be like that that made it better because it's more relatable that I couldn't 
I couldn't say everything because it was such a personal topic as well. Mm. It was really great for me to be able to put myself out there but it was even better to have people sort of come up to you at the end of that talk or even anything else I did at VP as VP support when people actually came up to me and would say like thank you for talking about that thank you for running campaign on that you have really helped me and you are like you are really like battling these issues that aren't being spoken about and that's what the whole let's talk campaign series was about was talking about things that people weren't talking about the let's talk campaign series was yeah probably the the highlight of the the year yeah and it's great that it's still continuing on like I feel like having legacy is insane and especially in something that's so personal and so relevant to different people's lives so yeah yeah, congrats on that (laughs) so I was scrolling down your Instagram I think I got like a couple of years back which is just like the kind of thing that I do Um, and I (laughs) stalker it's true and I saw this post that you did and you were talking about how um you'd gone from having these three years where you're really involved in university to having a year being a sabbatical officer and being like super involved in university to just not being at university what was that like transition like for you truthfully I would say that like that was the hardest period of my life and that sounds like really intense and really deep but a lot of things happened in that period that made it really difficult so I had a total of five years at Surrey really because I'd done my first two years my third year I'd done at the sports park so I was still like around uni I still got to get involved with university life and stuff and then had my final year and then I was VP support And then I was still like living in the university town. My parents um, have a business and they'd asked if I could work with them for like a year after graduating, after finishing VP support. Granted, it wasn't doing something I was hugely passionate about, but it was it was paying the bills and I was able to like still live. And for the first couple of months, it was hard because I'd left my job that I loved. My boyfriend at the time had sort of got a role very similar so another vice president role so he was doing that and that was I was so happy for him and that was great but I was like struggling with that sort of transition like what what do I want to do with my life so if I'm gonna stay and work for my parents and blood testing for a year I'm not sure if I can make it that long I said to my parents like I'm sorry I can't do this I'm not passionate enough about it started going to all these interviews and I didn't get any jobs I wasn't passionate enough about what I was interviewing for I had no idea what I wanted to do I'd done such a wide range of things I'd been my degree was in nutrition my like I did so much to do with like sport and fitness which I loved I like traveled a lot and then um, obviously mental health was something I was passionate about because I did the VP support and I was just like how do I get VP support in a job in the real world like it's not even wasn't even a thing so um yeah it was really really difficult and then (laughs) to top it all off my boyfriend at the time (laughs) broke up with me and also moved in opposite me (laughs) oh that's really rough (gasps) oh gosh what a story eh (laughs) um yeah so and not only that but he lived with one of my best friends so I was living in this house doing a job I didn't like. My ex-boyfriend was living opposite with me and I sort of had so many things that I was, that were still in my life, but I was also trying to grieve. So I was trying to grieve my job, which I was so close to because it was just down the road at the university and I was trying to find a new one. I was trying to grieve my relationship (laughs) and I also had to grieve my friendship group because that had, that had to that had to end I couldn't I couldn't stay friends in a position where I was constantly seeing my ex-boyfriend it just didn't just didn't didn't work for me I tried it didn't work so that having like having to leave leave university is one thing but having to leave university and having to like having all those other things happen as well really difficult time 
really difficult. I like laugh about it now because I'm like, I was such a mess. <laughs> I can imagine though, because it's like so many different things coming to an end and like as you said you're trying to grieve it but it's right in front of you it's not like yes it's not like you left university and moved back to like dundee if that's where you're from if i had moved somewhere else it would have been been a bit like it would have been different because i would have been able to like form new friendships etc and like potentially in hindsight maybe that's what i should have done but i guess i felt this sort of tie to help my parents with their business and they they were so kind to me it was such a great role it wasn't it's not a bad job at all it just wasn't where my passions lay but then you did kind of leave guildford i did you did i had this obviously want and need to escape i sort of started with entering a half marathon um which really sort of started taking my mind off things like obviously I'm such an advocate for running for like mental health and I did it at uni and loved it and I was just like right I'm gonna enter a half marathon did that and that was incredible that was sort I remember crossing that finish line being like I can get through this (laughs) and then I went on a surf camp to Morocco so still taking like all that passion that I had for surfing at university learning surf there and then going with a best friend to Morocco was also another way to sort of get away and I just thought I just felt I just kept falling in love with sort of these ways I don't know how to describe it but these ways out of my head that wasn't escaping what was going on but it was just a breath of fresh air and for me like travel and fitness and surf were the things that were doing that for me and then I had a friend sit me down and he was like I think you should think about going to New Zealand like literally sat me down and I was like no I I, I don't have anyone to go with I don't I don't have like everyone's in their full-time jobs or in their final year of university I'm not just going to pick up my things and go to New Zealand that sounds like ridiculous but the more he sort of spoke about it the more it sort of just sounded so liberating and as I was like beginning to do things by myself and like learn that like you can move on with life without university without your boyfriend like you you can be independent I thought oh it sounds like quite a sounds like quite a good idea and I walked into STA travel in Guildford and I just sat down with this guy and I was like right I want to go to New Zealand and he start, just start planning me this itinerary and like next thing you know that was in November so almost a year ago now November 2018 and then I left because I'm because <laughs> I'm what's the what's the word to describe it is it is it sentimental? Like I left on New Year's Day, so I'm just like, oh, isn't that yeah. like the the way to like enter that. 2019? New Year's Day, I was at the at Gatwick Airport, like off on a plane. You must to... have like a brilliant diary entry, like it's it's the first of January Literally. and I'm on the way of the plane. Oh, I love my little that. journal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I yeah, just I just went. I just thought, what better way to sort of get away from everything that is like bringing me sadness (laughs) than to go go to the other side of the world but it was so scary like I'd never been on a plane on my own oh wow so it was like your first solo trip and it was like a pretty intense one quite far away very very far away my mum was like you are mad you're gonna miss me so much (laughs) I was just like I can do it yeah I can do it and I really like I did I did believe that I could do it and I remember just sitting in that you know the movie shots where you sit and you're looking out the airplane window and I was just like I'm actually doing this. The first day was not so great. <laughs> I was literally greeted in Auckland Airport by my name coming out on the tannoy. Jess Reeford, please come to the baggage reclaim area. And I was like, okay, that does not sound good. So I'm like going to this little desk in bag- baggage reclaim. And they're like, your baggage is on a different flight. And I was just like, 
oh my gosh what <laughs> and you're so far away from home literally I, I did actually laugh that off i was like it's fine if it if it a- appears at my hostel later like it doesn't matter as long as as long as i get my stuff yeah like, it's gonna be okay and then i came back to the hostel and i was i was kind of keen to like make friends so when everyone was like sort of on their phones not talking to anyone and being really unsociable I was like oh my gosh what have I got myself into like I want to go home like I actually like went into my room I just went into this room and I was just like crying I was like what have I done I'm so far away from home no one is talking to me and I yeah I literally didn't know I just didn't know what I was doing I was like "Ah." and then when I actually got on the bus everyone was so sociable and so excited and most of them on their own and I just suddenly felt like so much more like at home and yeah the the rest is history oh it's so (laughs) nice so like what about going to New Zealand do you think inspires you to start your brand I um didn't come up with the idea straight away it wasn't what it wasn't like I came back from New Zealand and I was like right starting a business let's go like got got my product (laughs) idea definitely didn't happen like that I came back and I was I was ready to nail adulting I truly felt like I came back refreshed so I started with like looking for jobs so I got a job somewhere sort of like a food place sales and marketing executive so kind of like mixing everything together I had like the food in there but also like the marketing the creative side blah 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 Long story really short, I emailed a resignation letter at 9pm on the Friday night after I'd started on the Monday. Oh, at least, you know what though? I was listening to someone do a talk and they're like, what you want in an ideal world is always to fail fast, to kind of like know that you don't like something quickly so you don't waste time there. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I really agree with that. Yeah. But yeah, so I was like, okay. And I'd actually received like the previous week when I'd accepted this job that I ended up quitting, I'd received another like interview for somewhere else and I was like oh cool maybe even though I've rejected that place now maybe if I email them and ask them if they'll still take me for an interview because I'd realized that this job wasn't the one for me maybe they'll still take me for an interview so I ended up getting that interview the sort of role was called community manager Mm -hmm. but I was so into like so many aspects of the company and how I could help them that I think I was quite like I can do this and this and this and this. I was like throwing all these ideas out here. The company essentially sold like microfiber towels, which were great for traveling. Oh, so it also like relates back to that like sort of passion that I had from traveling New Zealand. I was like, oh, I could do like so much like marketing fun, like influency type, like fun stuff here. I could create you a video. Here's a video of New Zealand, like, you yeah. know, like proper. Like, into it. Yeah, yeah, proper into it. And um, I think they like, I think they liked me, but essentially, obviously I'm coming to the point where they like phone me up and I've got my little little rejection phone call and I'm just like it was all based on the premise that I literally had too many ideas and I wanted to be a part of everything and essentially that's not what the role was was about the role was literally answering emails and Mm. I wanted more from the role than it was going to be able to give me and I don't disagree with him at all I think actually completely fair enough even though I was so upset at the time Mm -hmm. um it was just like rejection's just upsetting isn't it and I think I just was like well if you're not gonna take my ideas (laughs) then I'm gonna like use my ideas myself and that's where it all sort of like kicked off the microfiber towel I found fascinating Mm -hmm. like really interesting because I I didn't have one when I was in New Zealand but loads of people did and I was just like what like this towel that packs up really small, dries really quickly, doesn't get sand stuck to it. Like what? Like that's so cool. Like how how do I not have one? I had like this horrible towel that 
by the end of the trip it was literally vile so i started like sort of researching into this material a bit more and i was like what can i do with this material that's different like mm-hmm. what could i like create and <laughs> i don't know if you want me to talk about my first idea but oh, yeah you, that's, you want it. that's the interesting stuff like <laughs> give us the first draft yeah, yeah. Like, okay so first idea i was like so i really like beanie hats like mm-hmm. I really love I love a good beanie hat in the winter I'm always wearing beanie hats but there's one thing that's really like annoying about a beanie hat and that's when you're like in a shopping center or you're rushing somewhere and it's like you sort of get like that sweat at the top uh, do you yeah. know what I mean yeah and I used to get like quite bad spots from that and I was like what if what if I could use that microfiber material and line it in a beanie hat Oh, in, and then it absorbs the sweat. Right. Wow. Clever. Like a sweatband hat. It sounds like a really clever idea, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, microfiber, you can't like you can't elasticate that material. Oh. <laughs> so like you wouldn't be able to be do fat. that. Yeah. yeah, I know. It just wouldn't it just wouldn't work. Yeah. Um I remember like contacting manufacturers and they were like, We can't do that. And I was like, Great, that's it, it's over. And then <laughs> I came up with my second idea, which is now called the throby yeah um but essentially it's it's something that exists mm-hmm. it's just not like it's not cool and most of them aren't in a microfiber material so a lot of people call them like robies that's mm-hmm. like a trademarked name or um changing robes ponchos but a lot of them are in that really thick towel material mm-hmm. and i thought like how amazing would it have been to have this in like a really thin microfiber material that packed up really small dried really quickly didn't get sand stuck to it like etc etc and I could just have like gone in between sort of my sh- uh, hostel room and the shower mm-hmm. in this like big old poncho thing um, and also just lied on the beach with it. And it would have just been the most useful thing ever. And I was like, I wonder if I can create that. Like, I wonder if that's a thing. Microfiber ponchos exist, kind of. They're mm-hmm. just, they don't have a cool design. They don't mm-hmm. really have a brand attached to them. Um, and I was just like, okay, like, let's see if I can get someone to make me one in like a really cool design that I want with a really cool logo that I've created and I was like okay let's see let's like see what happens I was just like throwing like everything into it like oh like it was just really exciting for me it was like a project I was like I wonder if this is a thing um and I had to come up with because I thought I could just sell it as a product I could just be like hi I'm Jess and I'm selling a microfiber poncho like if you want to buy one like come over to my my site microfiberponcho.com you know like <laughs> wow um, really yeah, good sell. I know <laughs> and I just thought that's so boring yeah. and I am so much more about how I've been on such a journey this year why not like bring that into it and like how New Zealand has sort of been the most notable experience that has inspired it but it's also like a product that's really useful for so many different things and I was like okay so I started thinking of like names and I was like I thought it would be so amazing to have a brand that was in the language of like the country that inspired it. So that's why like the the brand's called Moana Maruki, but it's in Maori, which means dry sea. Came onto that and I was like, oh, because that dries you like after the sea. Oh, nice. That makes sense. Also, the whole world is like made up of like the dry land and the sea. So if I'm going to like make this more like a travel escapism type brand, it's all about sort of the world. And like, then I was like, oh my gosh. And then the world is your oyster and like life's too short. And blah, 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 blah. And I just started getting very excited. <laughs> I was like, Moana Maruki, there it is, done. And then I was like, oh, but if it's also travel, 
we can do like some sort of cool logo and i came up with the wave and then the mountain and i was like that's two m's mm mm come on yeah i love it it all fits together it's fate i'm going with it then i got like four pre-production samples through because i was a bit worried because i'd picked this sort of blue design but it also has this like tinge of pink i actually have it with me i should have do you want me to get it? Do yeah, want to I want to see it. Oh my gosh, yeah. We need visual key. How do I... In my head, I was like, oh, how do I edit a picture into a podcast? And I was like, no, you just listen to podcasts. Yeah, yeah, so you've got to like... <laughs> you've got to de- well, well, like describe what it describe feels it. like and okay, stuff. Okay, cool. So, okay. So originally it has this like little oh, I love pink... That like bluey Ooh, design and it feels like and it, suede-y. yes yeah that's such a good way of describing it yeah dries oh super quick oh yeah. i love it and the marbling is cool because it kind of looks like water yes and then also kind of like you know when you get those really pretty sunsets yeah so it looks like oh i love it i did get my second design when i got a pre-production sample i wish i had it with me actually it's so funny because i didn't go with it in the end but it was like blue and yellow which is my logo I was like oh it'd be really cool to have one in those sorts of colours but it ended up being more like blue and gold and it just looked like very Harry Potter-esque like very wizardy not beach yeah not really not Mm. like the beachy vibe not the travel vibe and I was just like you know what I'm gonna take this design and make it monochrome so yeah oh nice so yeah that's the that's 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 thing okay cool it's very nice um to the people who are listening, you can just go onto the Instagram, which will be yes. linked in the bio, and then actually use the pictures because my um, yeah. description of oh, it's suede and so colourful. It is very might soft not be a though. Food. People yeah. don't know how soft it is it until is they soft. feel it, which is an interesting one because that's so hard to get across. In I can't get that across in video. People have to see it. You to have like, to see it or feel it. Yeah. Or buy one. Go yeah. to the beach. I was going to say summer's coming, but it's really, really not it's coming. It's really not coming. unless you're going to New Zealand. Or yes. Australia, in which case summer is coming. Yeah. Kind of touched on it earlier about how you're quite open on social media. And then you also yeah. said now that it's really important to you to have like that brand. What has documenting your journey like through YouTube videos, through Instagram been like? And what made you decide to do that? Was that just natural extension of like the kind of way that you like to share your life? Yeah. So I've always like, I've always wanted to do things differently. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, most brands on social media, I think that I personally think they're really boring like mm-hmm. I don't I don't follow any brands because even ones with an amazing story behind them don't have an amazing Instagram account like it's very like here's a beautiful picture yeah of someone beautiful in our beautiful product and it's like okay cool what else are you gonna give me oh here's another beautiful picture of the beach because it's beautiful mm-hmm. okay cool like I I buy into brand. I buy into brands when they show the behind the scenes. Like I love, for example, good example is Grace Beverly. Who do you know? Grace Beverly. Is that Grace? Fit? She was yeah. She was yeah, Grace, Grace Fit. Fit. Yeah, yeah. Grace Beverly, and now she has like Tala and BND, yeah. and like she shows those behind the scenes, and that's really cool because it's all come from her, and I love that. And I'm like, I'm bought into that story. But yeah, most brands are just so boring. And I was like, mm, I'm just going to add a bit of a twist. And if it do- if it doesn't work, that's okay. Like I fully appreciate that it's not for everyone. Like not everyone wants to see that. And some people just want to see pictures of the throw bee. But like, I don't have like endless and endless pictures of the throw bee. And I just think that's so boring yeah. to just post that every day. Like, hi, buy my product. Like, oh, hi, you can buy my product on this website. Oh, like I think people know that if they come to the 
Instagram, they can click on the link and they can go and buy the product if they mm-hmm. want to. Yeah. Um, I'd much rather be sharing stuff that is either sort of travel, surf, fitness, like escapism type like related or showing the behind the scenes of what I'm doing because that's just funner for people to watch so and to fun. come along on the journey as well because it's all like I'm still sounds really deep but I'm still sort of writing my story through Moana Maruki so why not share that I, I had a really big struggle a couple of weeks to, weeks ago where I was like where is the line between Moana Maruki and me but there isn't one there just isn't and there won't be until I have anyone else on board or until I have like lots of other products or I'm doing loads of other things I'm there isn't there isn't a line because I, like it is just me doing it mm-hmm. so it would sort of be a shame to like hide all of that yeah, and I think that's what makes people buy into the brand more. It's not just the product, it's the whole ethos. Like, because when I buy something, for example, one of my favorite things is tote bags. Like, I love oh, a good tote bag. I love a tote bag. And, like, it's gotten to the point where I, I think I only own like three or four bags that aren't tote bags, and I just use tote bags for everything. Yeah. But every time I buy it, it's because I'm buying it from like an independent boutique or something. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm buying it because I really love this bookshop and what they're about and this ethos. And do you know what I mean? You like, love my friend Polly. She's oh, cool. just released like these tote bags that have pockets in them. Oh, come on. I know. I'm sold. Like, yeah. Yeah. The, I'm going to have to link it later. <laughs> but she, yeah, she's got, I've just bought one and it's amazing. So, what do you think is next for you? What are you trying to move on to now? Like, what do you. I feel like I ask this question to everyone and I just imagine how stressed out I would be if someone was like, what What are your plans Where for the next six months? In five years? Oh my God, that's like, like my least favourite question. But like what kind of, okay, maybe let's not ask that. Oh, going to change up the question completely. Off the spot. It's not going to be that exciting. I'm, I'm really hyping myself up. But um, what are you looking forward to? I really just want to enjoy the process and like have fun with it because it's really scary like putting yourself out there putting like your finances on the line and just really going with it um but I just want to I really want to do it want to enjoy and learn and find out more about all these things because it might not work either we either it takes off or it doesn't until that point I want to really enjoy it because someone said to me the other day they said like oh you will reach a point where you like develop this deep hatred for your business and I was just like well, I never want that to happen. So you're giving me more motivation to just really enjoy the process and learn these things because I want to learn them. That's so interesting. And I do like that you talked a lot about the process because I've spoken to people who are like later on in their careers who've had like a business for 10 years and they're like, one thing that I wish I told my younger self is just to enjoy it because it's not like starting up a business, starting up a project. Even though you're doing it for that end goal, it's everything that happens in between that makes it what it is. And it's... Exactly. It's so easy to get so focused on the end goal that you forget to enjoy it. Quick fire question number one. The hardest part of starting something new is dot dot dot. Self-doubt. Question two. When I'm feeling uninspired, I dot dot dot. <laughs> Eat something. <laughs> Quick fire questions. <laughs> and number three is the best piece of advice I've received is. You can't control the uncontrollable. You can find out more about Jess and Moana Maroki by visiting her website, which I have linked in the bio, or, and I would highly recommend it, following her on Instagram at both at Jessica Does Life and at Moana Maroki. She makes the best Instagram stories and does social media in a really honest and authentic way. 
So, I teased it a little bit at the beginning, but I have an announcement. I've really enjoyed recording each of the interviews on the podcast so far. And one thing that I found myself doing once I switched the mics off after each episode is having really honest and interesting conversations with each of my guests. Once we've stopped recording, the conversation has carried on. We've talked about the hurdles we're facing, the difficult parts of following through on what we started, and exchanged advice. That's one of the parts of making this podcast that I love the most, but I never recorded those conversations until now. I'm super excited to tell you that alongside the normal monthly episode of this podcast, I'll now be releasing bonus episodes. In them, me and the guests that I spoke to on the first episode of the month will be talking about the challenges we're currently facing with our businesses and projects and how we're overcoming them. I'm not quite sure what I'm going to call these bonus challenge type episodes yet, but if you guys have any suggestions, please send them my way. But no matter what, they're still going to be on the same podcast. So to make sure that you don't miss out on an episode, feel free, if it's something that you're interested in doing, um, to subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcasting app. I'm so excited. I don't know if I'm giving off that vibe. I'm very, very excited. It's just so nice to be back in the studio talking to you. And I hope that you enjoyed this week's episode. It's October now, which means that if you're in the Northern Hemisphere at least, it's autumn. I find that sometimes when it starts to get colder and darker, I kind of retreat into my blankets and call it a day. But this is the last quarter of the year, guys. The last three months of a decade, and so it's the perfect time to pick up that hobby that you've always wanted to try. Start that project that you've been thinking of, or message that person that you've always wanted to hang out with. It's not going to be easy, and maybe the overwhelming part of you just wants to stay in bed where it's warm and safe. But just imagine how different your next year could look if you just took the plunge now. Because while starting is the hardest part, you've got to start somewhere. Starting is the Hardest Part is a podcast released on the first Monday of every month. You can get in contact with me at the email address startingpod at gmail.com or send me a tweet at rafarafaith. That is R-U-F-A-R-O-F-A-I-T-H-H. If you want to help support this podcast, could you do me a massive favor? Send me some feedback. In the show notes, there's a link to the survey for this episode. And I love it if you told me what you liked, didn't like, or would like to hear more of in the next episode. Your feedback would really help me grow and make each episode better than the one before. So if you can, thank you so much. And I really hope you have a wonderful few weeks until we chat again. And also, you know, a wonderful life after that. But um, I think that wonderful life would be sustained by continuing listening to Science the Hardest Bath. Bye.